Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Happy New Year, friends. I'm Chris Chavez, and welcome back to the Sidious Mac Podcast. It's my show where I get the chance to chat with some of the biggest names on the track, on the roads, within the coaching ranks, and across the running industry. I'm so glad to be back behind the mic to bring you tons of fresh interviews with some of the best track and field athletes in the world, especially as we build towards the 2024 Olympics in Paris. We're less than a month away from the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials in Orlando. We will be there as we've partnered with Hoka, and we will be opening up the Sidious Cafe that week. That will be our headquarters for live panels, shakeout runs, a live watch along on race day that'll be streamed on YouTube, some giveaways, and much more. If you're in Orlando, you're gonna wanna come by to the Hoka pop-up in the Sidious Cafe. Come get your free coffee and Olipop to talk some running with us. We want everyone's top three predictions. I'll include more details in the show notes. My guest for today's episode is the 2023 NCA and U.S. steeplechase champion, Kenneth Rooks of BYU. He's on with some big news that he's decided to forego the remainder of his NCA eligibility to turn professional and has signed a contract with Nike. He plans to stay in Utah under coach Ed Eyestone and will train alongside Connor Mance and Clayton Young. Rooks was one of the NCAA's breakout stars in 2023. He caught the attention of many with an 8-17 win over George Beamish and 2022 U.S. champion Hillary Bohr at the On Track Nights Los Angeles meet in May. He backed up that performance by winning the NCAA title a month later in Austin, Texas. And at the U.S. championships, Rooks went viral after falling during the race but managing to recover in the closing stages to win in a personal best of 8.16. The video of that race has been watched nearly a half million times on YouTube. Then at the 2023 World Championships in Budapest, Rooks made his debut for Team USA by beating out the Olympic champion and reigning world champion Sufian Elbakali. Yes, granted he was slowing up at the line just because it was a prelim, but Rooks still took the win and then in the final placed 10th. Rook shares in this episode that there were some opportunities to turn pro after the summer, but he chose to return to BYU for one more cross-country season. He'll explain why. We reflect on his BYU career, the highlights of 2023, the biggest lessons, what it was like going so viral outside of the track world and into the greater sports world, plus a few stories from his mission in Uganda. So without further ado, here is Kenneth Rooks. It's a new year, the Olympic year, and we welcome on now Kenneth Rooks to the podcast, NCAA champion, world championship finalist, U.S. champion. Now you got to do even bigger things in 2024. Kenneth, thanks so much for for joining us. How's it feel sort of as the calendar flips from 2023 to now a big chance and basically what you work towards every four years? Uh, with this, the change of the year, uh, it there's a lot of new beginnings for me this year. I mean, I I am going to be signing a professional contract with Nike, and or I have signed a contract with Nike. Uh, I also am going to get married this year. Congratulations, me too. I've been, my wedding's in September. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, mine's mine's in February. 
but yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, new things this year. And uh, as I reflect back on 2023, I'm just grateful for uh, all the this opportunities that I've been able to have um, to find success uh, with running. So you just broke the news to to everyone. You're foregoing the remainder of your NCAA eligibility, turning pro, signing with Nike. How did this come about? I know right after USA's and Worlds, and we're kind of in this new era in the NCAA where it's like NIL deals are being thrown left and right, and you you know partnered with Ray Flynn to handle a lot of that stuff. But you came back for for one more season of cross. Now you've made this decision. How did this come about, and why is now a good time? I feel satisfied with my experience in college. I I didn't quite feel satisfied um, this summer. That's part of the reason why I came back and ran cross country. But this summer, uh, running professionally became a reality. Uh, and running professionally has not really been uh, a dream of mine all the time. Like it's it it's uh, something that uh, I've grown into the idea of. Uh, but uh, with the success that I had this summer, uh, I recognized that um, it was this was something that I could do, and that's something that I also wanted to do. But uh, something else that I I wanted to do in college before I left is I I wanted to uh, finish and accomplish a few goals in in cross country. Uh, cross country has actually been my my favorite um, part of the year. Ever since I came to college, uh, even though it's not necessarily been my most successful uh, event, but I wanted to uh, come back and support the team, be there for my teammates this year, and I also wanted to race at nationals and cross country and be an all American, and I was able to do all of those things, and so I can I can leave a little bit on that high note and. And I uh, feel satisfied that I, I've done everything that I wanted to do in college. And I'm excited for the future and uh, what professional running may hold for me and to learn and grow through that as well. How does flipping that switch work from, you know, an amazing summer where you're at the highest part of the sport, where you're at the world championship, competing against Olympic champions and world record holders. And then all of a sudden it's just back to, all right, now I just got to beat all these college kids. But at the same time, it's like they're we're we're at an era right now in college where all the college kids are pretty good. You know, actually, after when Worlds was done, I took a little bit of a break, which was actually kind of nice because I had been competing for so long with uh, without really taking a, a break. But getting back into uh, college, one thing is I I don't think there's really a sport out there like college cross country. So it's just exciting to be a part of that. That's a cool thing for me. And that's, that's also something I, they have professional cross country, but uh, it's not as exciting to me as, as college cross country. And yeah, the, the level of competition in college is, uh, is really, really good right now. Uh, I, I think that uh, competing in college that has helped prepare me uh, to compete against the best in the world, because some of the best in the world are, are competing in the uh, NCAA system. Tiny specifics, you know, about this Nike deal. It sounds like you'll be sticking in Provo under coach Ed Eyestone, working out, I'm assuming with Connor Mance, Clayton Young, I guess. Like what, what's exciting you about this sort of, it's not 
too many big changes, but it is now going to be like your full-time job. It's exciting. Uh, it, it is going to be my full-time job. So it's a little bit of a, of a switch in that respect. I am still actually going to be taking some classes because um, I want to finish up my degree while I'm while I'm doing the professional running stuff. What are you studying right now? I'm studying civil engineering, actually. The question that Kyle Berber posed to a bunch of people during the press conference, Graham Blanks and and you know Kai Robinson, Nico Young, was how does your major benefit you as a runner? So you know, posing the question to you, do you see any sort of engineering tiny things that you're like oh that makes me a better runner i think with me there's an engineer a little bit of an engineering mindset that if you like put the work in you you put the input you get the output there's kind of that relationship with running too like you you put the work in and and both like physically and mentally um if you put that work in then hopefully you get the output sometimes it doesn't always work 100 percent the way you want it to work but that's just i mean that's just life i mean that you don't always get the output you necessarily want all the time i love it that was a creative answer i i dig it so then jumping back into workouts with with, with connor clayton jared like what's that going to be like for you it's it's going to be uh exciting i actually this summer uh because my season got extended beyond everyone else's i actually did some training i did some workouts with clayton and uh clayton and connor and jared uh, this summer when I was getting ready for the, uh, world championships. I mean, there was, there was some workouts that I did on my own, like when I was doing steeple specific stuff, I'd be doing stuff on my own, but I also did some, some workouts with them a little bit this summer. Um, I'm excited to, uh, be able to be more involved with them and, uh, to work out with them. They're, they're, they're an inspiration to me. Uh, I was, I've also been teammates in college with, with Clayton and Connor. Um, and they, they all really inspire me. So for you, I guess you, you mentioned not aspiring to be a professional runner this whole entire time and that, you know, a lot of the success has led to this opportunity coming about. So for you as a steeplechaser, you were never the type to, I guess in 2012 through the last couple of years to be like, oh, Evan Jager is my favorite athlete. I want to try and mold my steeple, you know, career to look like his or his style. Is, is that true? Or sort of like, how did, you know, you fall into this sport being so good at it at the same time, developing that student side of it? You mentioned Evan Jaeger. I remember actually 2012 watching him uh, in the Olympics and also 2016 in the Olympics. I, I, I like to watch uh, track in the Olympics and, um, he was one of the runners that I did know at that time, I, I had no like aspirations of becoming a steeple chaser. Um, that happened a little bit more when I, when I came, when I came to college. Um, but it's, it's cool to, uh, think about, you know, watching, uh, some of the, like watching the Olympics growing up. I mean, I've competed at the world championships and it's 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 a little surreal that uh i've been able to compete at that level uh that i i watch people compete at growing up and ask ask myself like how in the heck do they run that fast uh and being able to um uh, be at that level now is um I'm, I'm not saying i'm at the same level as evan yeager at all but i'm just it's cool that i can compete uh at the world level uh and it's very surreal for me 
I mean, I haven't had a dream of uh, necessarily being a professional runner all like all my life. Um, I'm really excited that I get to be a part of it now. And um, professional runners have inspired me and it's been cool for me. To, I've, I've enjoyed um, watching it and I'm glad that I can be a part of it now. It's exciting. So 2023 breakout year for you. When you reflect on it, you've got an NCAA title. You've got the fall at USA's. That, and then winning the U.S. title, the world championship, making the final. What were the big takeaways that, you know, as everyone's doing like this reflection and putting together the Instagram post of like all the highlights from the end of the year. So for you, I guess, when you closed the book on 2023, what were the biggest lessons you took away from your from all the success you found? One of the big takeaways is immense sense of gratitude and that something else that I, I learned this year is I focused um a lot more on the mental side of running. Um, I that's something I really tried to work on a lot. Uh, just working with coaches and working with sports psychologists on that. And uh, it's I'm really happy uh, that I was able to put myself into a, a mindset such that I was able to accomplish the things that I did this year. Um, I definitely was not expecting to have all, all the success that I did at the beginning of the year. I remember setting down, setting goals down and, um, putting the goal down of, uh, just, I'm going to compete and I'm not going to put a limit on myself, but I'm just going to get out there and I'm going to put myself in position to compete for the win and in whatever race I'm in. And, uh, I'm just going to see what happens. And it started out at sound running. I ended up winning. And I was not expecting to win that race going into it. And then uh, that kind of changed my mindset. I was like, wow, okay, I won that race. I could make it to the world championships and I could win the national championship in, in like in a uh, college. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I, I knew winning the national champ U.S. national championship was a possibility at, at that point in time, but winning the national championship, winning the U.S. championship, it was about um, competing and putting myself in position to win and giving it everything I had. And um, that, so I, I learned a lot uh, through doing that this year um, that uh, I'm going to take with me um, into the future. And that's also something I'm going to need to continue to work on just because uh no it's just like running is a muscle you got to work your mental side and not just the physical side to keep that um in shape uh something else i i gained i learned this year was just uh experience i i gained a lot of experience being in a lot of different races uh, with different strategies and um different race like situations and i i gained a lot of experience through that uh, competing at the world championships was amazing. Um, uh, competing in the prelims and the final, uh, were two different races and both of them are my, I hadn't really like experienced that before. I learned a lot from that. Uh, I'm excited to have that experience, especially going into this year as an Olympic year, um, with the Olympic aspirations that I have. And uh, I have a lot of confidence that I can I can compete with the best uh, in the world, and and that's something else I I learned this year. And um, yeah, those are a lot of things that I learned. I want to break down like some of these major points that like you 
highlighted from like these races. So obviously USA is the final. I looked it up, like almost half a million people have watched it on YouTube. And like the comment section is crazy because it's like there's so many people's like it's so inspiring. I'm, I'm, I pulled like a couple of them. It's like the best finish in track and field history. Someone else, man, that got me so choked up. Tears in my eyes watching the determination. Never, ever give up. And I then went and watched your interviews that you did in the mix zone as you were coming by. And it's like this stark contrast where like maybe that was like so fresh in the moment and like you hadn't had time to like process. And the I'm sure on the track was like a huge adrenaline rush. But like you're you were pretty even keeled about like the whole thing it was like yeah you know you, you won the race you you set out to what you accomplished it wasn't like this whole i'm gonna go out and inspire the world that like you never ever give up and so like did any of this snowball from like the the public reception to it going so viral you know not just like on youtube like it was being picked up on tv stations and you were doing a bunch of interviews for it that like I, this is phrase took on like a much bigger meaning and thing than it actually felt like it was in the moment. Uh, it, it's very humbling to see the impact that my performance has had on so many people uh, and uh, how inspiring it's been and how it's helped lift other lift others. I I definitely like when when I finished the race uh, in the moment, I was just like I was kind of in shock and also just excited that I had like I had won, but it was like, did that really just happen? Um, but pretty soon after the race, um, I was able to realize like, wow, that, that is, uh, that's going to have a little bit more of an impact than I think that I realized. And I, I, th I, I especially felt that when we were doing the victory lap, um, after, um, after the race was done, just with all the things people were saying to me and, uh, I've done a lot of interviews uh, about uh, talking about that race. And again, I'm talking about it with you. People are probably going to ask me about that uh, for a long time to come. And I'm going to talk about it for a long time to come still. Um, but I'm, I'm super grateful that you know, I could, I could be able to help inspire and lift others, lift others in some way. Um, Cause I, I do want to do that. I want to, I want to help others and, uh, and lift others when I can. One thing that stood out to me from like the mix zone interview that you did afterwards is that you mentioned how like you mentally prepare yourself for like these scenarios and that like you fell in a race like during your freshman year and like even the thought as a steeplechaser naturally comes up. But what is like sort of like the craziest race scenario you've ever drawn up like in your head? Like falling is, is one thing, but is there anything beyond that that you're just like, oh yeah, if that ever happens, I'm ready for it? Um, I think that what happened that was probably the craziest uh race scenario actually what happened was a little crazier than i think any of the race scenarios that i that i that i uh, envisioned in my head I, I think even when i was just envisioning like being prepared for a fall before the race because that is something that i that i did is i was envisioning like getting up and competing and I think I was thinking of it more as like, okay, well, if this is a prelim, I just, I'm in good enough shape. I can get it up. I can get up. I can qualify for the final. Like I, I, I never envisioned, I think like getting up and going and winning. Um, 
So it was a little crazier than the than the race scenario that I drew drew up in my mind. But um, yeah, that's that's probably the craziest uh, craziest I, I probably could could draw up in my mind is falling and getting up and winning. Pain tolerance wise, like obviously we you know Connor's famous for just like the man zone or whatever it is that they dubbed it when it was just like just him going balls to the walls, you know, to just win at NCAA cross. But like for you having to get up mentally collect yourself and then pushing to, you know, pass these people secure top three, but then even just win the whole thing. Like how much was that physically taxing on your body? It was, it was physically taxing. Uh, I definitely could feel it. Um, but I was expecting that race to probably be the hardest race that I'd ever run just because I was preparing myself mentally to be like, okay, this is probably going to hurt more than I I've hurt before in the steeplechase. And I think that helped me be ready for it a little bit. Um, having that plan for like when I fell, what was I going to do helped too. But, um, there, there were times in my, in my mind, uh, where especially like the last two laps, uh of the race where i was i knew that i had expended extra energy to get up and i knew i was hurting i was honestly just like wondering when am i gonna hit the wall <laughs> when am i when am i gonna uh tighten up and uh on the back stretch when i got passed by a few people and um i moved myself up into second and i got passed by a few people and i was in fourth at that moment i was like okay is it gonna happen now am i gonna am i gonna am i gonna die and then am i gonna uh tighten up too much but then collected myself and I'm, and then i dug deep and and uh made it through but yeah that was that was uh one of the most painful races i've i've been a part of but i'm glad i had the determination i did that day uh to just keep keep moving forward i just i just wanted to race that race with no regrets and and uh, i did that and then you know, Worlds is coming up. I'm sure, you know, this brought more attention to you. Lining up ads like the U.S. champion is an honor at the World Championships, and, and you get highlighted for that, you know, rightfully so, like on the broadcast. But it was really cool that in that prelim, you decided, you're like, all right, you know, it's a race. Like, you want you beat the eventual world champion and also, like, the Olympic champion, even though at that point, like, it was just like, I forget however many advanced, but you were like, no, a win is a win. And you, you, you beat him. Yeah, it was exciting. It was cool. I mean, I, I got to cross the finish line and look over to my, I think it was my left. I can't remember if my left or my right, but I uh, look over and like, he's just right there. Um, I know he let up a little bit because it was a prelim and just trying to save it, save it for the end, but it's still cool. It's exciting to that. Um, I was able to, to be in that position in the prelim because I respect, I have a lot of respect for El Bacali and I have a lot of respect for all the athletes that I compete against. The presenting sponsor of the Sidious Mac podcast is Olipop. We've been pounding Olipop for months now and our gut health has never been better. We all know the trepidation that runners have had for years about drinking soda. Olipop calls itself a new kind of soda. It's a delicious and healthy alternative whether you're a runner, a fitness enthusiast, or just someone who wants to make better choices. Olipop is the perfect drink for you. Olipop is a low-sugar, low-calorie beverage that is packed with prebiotics, botanicals, and plant fibers that nourish your microbiome and supports digestive health. It comes in a variety of tasty flavors like vintage cola, strawberry vanilla, lemon lime, banana cream. My favorite flavor is tropical punch. 
Sidious Mag podcast listeners get 25% off non-subscription orders while using code Sidious25 at checkout on drinkolipop.com. You can also find Olipop at Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Target, Walmart, Publix, and other retailers. So the next time that you're looking for a refreshing and healthy drink after that long run or hard workout, reach for an Olipop. You won't be disappointed. Drinkolipop.com, code Sidious25. When you previously said that, like, the two races at Worlds were, like, really different, it's something I've heard described before from, like, you know, talking to Chris Zielinski in the past and, like, his first World Championship experience and learning, picking up different physical cues from races of, like, oh, yeah, like, in that race, like, you know, when it was still Bekele and Kipchoge on the track, like, you couldn't hear them breathing as hard while you're, you know, huffing and puffing because it's a, you know, bigger effort. So what were some of those tiny things that like were just a little bit more elevated at the world championships? It's not, you know, you're not competing against college kids. These are people from all over the world and the best up. There's, there's two things that come to my mind there and it comes from just, you know, when, when we're all get when we're all getting ready, um, you're sitting next to everybody and everyone has their country's uh, uniform on. And it's it's really cool to be a part of that. Uh, feel like you're a part of the at the World Championships with all all the different countries there and cultures and and all that kind of stuff. But walking into the stadium, the stadium is is uh, is a big stadium, and uh, I kind of had to a little bit have tunnel vision for a little bit because it's my first. It was my first time walking onto the track when I when I uh, ran the prelim. And just be like, all right, I got to focus on what I need to do right now. There's a lot of stimuli. Um, and as well as like with the people you're competing with and stadium and the fans and all that kind of stuff. And it was actually a little bit, um, it took me, uh, it caught me off guard a little bit when I was standing, getting ready to start. And I looked up on the Jumbotron and I saw him, saw me up there in team usa uh uniform and it was like whoa okay uh this is actually happening right now i'm competing at the world championships um so those those are the those are the kind of things that felt a little bit different um to me um it was also my i mean it's it's the best competition i've ever competed against it, those are some of the things that come to my mind in terms of like what was what was different. And then race execution wise, like, you know, coming going into the world championships and after the race, I think you had been pretty vocal. You're like, yeah, I because hilariously enough, even after the fall, 816 to win the US championship, still a personal best. But for you, you're like, yeah, I mean, there's sub 810 potential and fitness here. And then at the world championships, when you prep to run your fastest, you end up in two races that go 8.23 and then 8.20. So it's like that sub 8.10 fitness never got to be flash. It, it didn't get to be flashed. I still believe that I that I, that I was in sub 8.10 shape. Uh, and uh, for me, I could just take that and, and remember that that's what kind of shape I was in. And when I'm getting ready this next season I can just remember that was that was where I was at last year and uh, I'm just gonna get back into shape and and I'm gonna get better uh yeah I would have liked to perform better than I did in the final it, it didn't work out that that particular day 
but I'm really grateful for everything that I that I learned and for the experience that I had. I'm I was tenth in the world, and there's not a lot of people who can who can say that. I I mean in in hindsight, I mean I would have definitely uh, liked to have uh, run that sub eight ten there, but I just have to take uh, what happened and where I'm at right now and move forward and take the confidence with me into next this next season. All right. So final sort of questions before we wrap up, I did text my friend, Isaac Wood, you know, good friend of the the program at BYU and someone who I guess like helped recruit a lot of, you know, your teammates uh, just, Hey, I'm having Kenneth on the podcast. Anything I should ask. And he said, you know, ask him about Uganda. And I've, you know, from having Connor and Clayton and Jared on the podcast before, I've gotten some stories from like, you know, their, uh, their mission trips. So for you, you got to go to Uganda, July, 2019 till March 20th, got called back, I guess, because of the pandemic, then you eventually did go back. So, you know, what was that experience like? And it's always interesting to mix in sort of like the running side of it, because sometimes there isn't all that much. I I was really happy I was able to be a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It was a blessing to me in my life. Uh, it was cool to uh, be a representative of Jesus Christ and to teach others about Jesus Christ and and help others um, you know, come closer to him um, because he's brought a lot of hope to me in my life and he's a, he's a big part of my life. Um, and being in Uganda... In particular, it was it was really cool uh, just being with the people there, humble and they're kind. I mean, for the most part, um, and it was fun like living with them and being with them and seeing them in some of their humble circumstances and serving them. Um, but yeah, you asked about running uh, uh, with the missionary experience. So yeah, as as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ. Um, you're supposed to be with um, a, a mission, another, another, another missionary at all times, and so whenever I have to do exercise, I need to be with someone else. And so, running, uh, I did run on my uh, during my time as a missionary, but it wasn't always consistent. Sometimes because I I wasn't able to 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 have someone with me who wanted to go run. Um, and I also did hurt myself a few times on when I was a missionary. I mean, people people knew I was a runner. Uh, they knew I was fast. I, I, I actually tripped and fell, and I I hurt my knee. I banged up my knee. I couldn't run for for a few weeks. And I actually uh, was with uh, some other missionaries. We were doing an activity um, on a Monday, and one of them we we'd been playing some soccer or or something and. And so in my brain, I thought I was all warmed up and everything. And so one of them wanted to to race me. And so we did a little sprint race. Uh, and uh, he was actually pretty fast. I wanted to win. And so he, he challenged me. And so I, I probably I strained a little bit too much. I pulled my hamstring. And uh, that was actually in May before I got back from my missionary service. So... I like didn't run the last like two months of my missionary service. And when I got back, like my max speed was like seven forty five pace. <laughs> I pulled my hamstring pretty good. I 
Yeah, so I took, I had to get back into shape and I also had to, I, I gained 25 pounds when I was in Uganda. They have, uh, they have good food. Uh, at least I, at least I enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I had to get back into shape and get, and heal from that. But I was still able to, uh, get into really good shape and I was able to even get into uh better shape than I was before I left on my missionary service and, um, and that outdoor season after I got back in the summer. So it's always interesting when like, you know, yeah, BYU gets some flack from people where sometimes it's like, oh yeah, they've got guys on missions for two years and they come back and they're older, so they'll have this edge. But I'm like, sometimes you don't hear this side of things sometimes. It's like, yeah, but they still, you know, if in certain situations have to, you know, lose some of the weight that they put on from, you know, not running that whole time or having been injured on these trips. And so yeah, it's it's interesting just kind of like how it all balances out and then you do end up back, you know running on BYU's cross team and making an instant impact, you know, again, and as is the case we've seen with Casey Klinger, Connor in the past as well. Like, yeah, I mean, the time off, it's a while, but you know, it's easy to get back into it. So for you, I guess you come back, you know, you go through the rest of your BYU career. Now your final race in a BYU uniform was in Charlottesville. You said the goal was all American. It was pretty close. I guess like that final one, how did you, you know, for that to be the way, that chapter of your running career ends and the last time you put on a BYU uniform, how do you feel about all of it? I, I feel really good about it. Um, I mean, I, I, I wasn't all American. That was, that was, that was one of my goals. That that was one of my goals, but um, I mean, I, I, I definitely would have wanted to finish a little bit higher. I definitely think I was capable of finishing higher than I, than I, than I performed, but um, I am very happy that that's, that, was my last race. It was actually, I actually got a little bit emotional afterward. Um, just like one of my teammates, uh, who was an alternate, uh, who, um, was there and cheering us on supporting the team, even though he didn't, he wasn't the one racing that day. Um, kind of just came up and asked me that question. How do you feel about this being your last race? And, and I was just really grateful, got a little bit emotional. It was, um, I'm I'm really um uh really happy that I came to BYU. It's it's changed my life um being part of that team and the program and and uh, it's been amazing to work with my teammates and my my coaches and and um just all the support I've had. But yeah, it's it, it was very surreal to me cuz I I I would love to run for BYU more. Um I, I felt like it was the time for me to move on, but it's still a little bit sad that that chapter had to come to a close. Yeah. But it, you know, not, it doesn't feel like all the too much is going to change with just like the setup being still in Provo, still with iStone and, and, you know, a lot of familiar faces around. So no, that's, that's really exciting. Um, all right, Kenneth, final questions that I ask every guest, uh, for you, I guess like 2024, aside from the Olympics, like what are you most excited about in track and field this year? Go to go to some new meets that I that I haven't gone to before. I think that's one thing that's exciting. Uh, I think it, it's it's exciting to just learn how running is in the professional world a little bit more this year, and to experience that, uh, to be able to represent a, a shoe brand in Nike, and um, to be able to um, establish some new connections. Um, 
And I'm, uh, those are some of the things I'm excited about with running. I think the thing I am the most excited about is getting married in February. I mean, I am excited to compete at the U.S. Championships and, and hopefully the Olympics again uh, this year. Um, I'm, I'm just excited to just take it all in. I don't know 100% what to expect with everything. And that's part of what can make it make it exciting. Uh, and that's actually one of the one of the reasons why I like racing is because there's some times where you can get out there and surprise yourself. Uh, and uh, so the the whole experience, I, I think I'm excited to just just take it in and and um, just enjoy it. Yeah. Do we know yet when the Nike kit is going to make its debut? I actually don't know 100% yet. Okay. I actually don't know 100% yet. I still need to sit down with my uh with my coach and my agent and uh hash out my schedule and and uh set that in stone. So You did an indoor season last year, right? So you thinking I did. Indoor this year too or? Yes, I'd like to I'd like to, I'd like to race a few indoor races. Cool. I'd yeah. like to race a few indoor races. So well, Ray is the radio, uh, the race director for Milrose, so that might be a nice nice one to to debut in. So if you did yeah. jump into that two mile, I guess right that that that's potentially an option mm -hmm. with Josh that's Kerr. That's potentially an option. Mm -hmm. How would you not let the fifteen hundred guy win the two mile? You got to throw yourself in the mix and back yourself up as like yeah three k steeple guy. I am a three k steeple guy. I I do think that. Uh, I do think that the 3K is a really good distance for me. Uh, I think that that probably is um, just based on like who I am as a runner. It's probably the best distance for me. So it's 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 probably my strength. I we'll see how I stack up. I I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna go to Milrose or not. Uh, that is the week before I get married. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That first. Yeah. See what happens uh, there, but yeah. Nice. Yeah, I yeah. Whoever I compete against, uh, I I will respect, but I also want to make sure that I that I put myself in a position to compete to the best of my ability. So, and even if you fall, that doesn't mean it's over. Yeah, even if I fall, it doesn't mean it's over. So funny story. I actually fell during in a cross country race this year. You at, did like at, at Nutty Comb. I I fell in that race. Uh, just the camera, I guess. Did it? Did it catch it? Did anyone see it? No, it didn't catch it. It was actually my my coach didn't even see it happen because it was on like the it was on a the backstretch area where it wasn't really seen very much. But it's okay. I I don't want to fall anymore, even though uh, I've had success with it. But uh, yeah, you yeah. don't want that to make that to be like your signature move or anything. Yeah, like that. I don't. I don't necessarily want that to be my signature for every race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Kenneth. Well, I appreciate you taking the time for this. Congrats on you know one heck of a career at BYU, and then also you know tons of excitement ahead with this pro contract with Nike and yeah everything that the Olympic year has in store. Okay. Thank you very much. 
Thank you all for listening to this episode. This episode was produced by Jasmine Fair. I love doing this for you guys, so please do me a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that helps us grow the show and get even more awesome guests. Let me know what you're enjoying about the show. Make sure you're subscribed or following on your favorite podcast players. Please share this episode with your friends if you think that they'll get any value or inspiration out of it. Let's build this thing together. Visit SidiousMag.com for a lot more. We've got a brand new website with tons more articles, videos, and podcasts. As always, I love track and field. I'm Chris Chavez. See you next time.